We're going we're gonna to begin a series, and for, the, for this week and two more weeks to the end of October, we're going to do uh, a series called The Man in the Mirror. And uh, thank you for being here today. Yeah, give yourself a good hand. Thank you for watching online. And if you decided to lay in the bed and watch online today, I guess that's okay. <laughs> but thank, thank you for, for tuning in. And let's give our online uh, crowd a good hand. October is uh, the month that I teach. Next, next month, Joe will teach. And I'm going to do a, a Christmas series that I'm working on in December. And we're going we're gonna to finish this year with a bang. And, uh, you know, we got the Christmas play coming up. We've got all kinds of activities coming up. We're, we're doing outreaches during Christmas. John 3.17, we do, we do Operation Christmas Child. I'm not sure that we're doing love boxes this year. But, but we have all kinds of outreaches that you respond to in a marvelous way. And you know what? I know that God is going to bless you as you do that because it's, it's our way of making a difference in our community and in our world. And that's what we're supposed to be about. Isn't that true? Have you ever been to the gym? I used to, I used to be, uh, before I started playing pickleball, I used to work out in the gym. And one thing about the gym is it's lined with mirrors. You ever notice that? It's lined with mirrors. And it's kind of funny uh, when you go to the gym. And, you, you know, I never did do it because I didn't really have anything to look at that was impressive. But you see, <laughs> you see these guys, and they're, they're pumping this iron. I mean, they're, <laughs> then, they're, then they go by the mirror and they, I'm not going to tell you what the girls do, okay? I mean, we're not even going to get into that. But, but we are people who look in mirrors a lot. You know that? We look in mirrors, and uh, hopefully when you got up this morning, you went in the restroom and you looked in the mirror. You know, uh, you know if you're bald-headed, you probably didn't have to look in the mirror. But, if, you know, if you got any, I, don't, I have short hair, and... Uh, I had a lot of trouble with my hair, getting it to do what I want. But I had to get in front of the mirror, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. And, you know, you're, we're always checking everything to make sure that everything's in place and everything looks right. And then we think, oh, my gosh. You ever, you ever look in the mirror and, and, and look at yourself and you think, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm overweight. I'm this. I'm that. You know, I've got the... I got the droopy chin. I got, you know, I got the what they call those things. You know, people. You know, we look in mirrors a lot, and, and we we judge ourselves a whole lot when we look in the mirror. Well, we're not we're not really talking about that kind of mirror in this in this series. But I think we have a mirror on the inside of us too that, and kind of indirectly, we're going to talk about that a little bit. How how that we see and perceive perceive ourselves in the mirror that's on the inside of us there's a lot of people that do not like themselves have, have you ever been around a person and I know you have because they're all over the place and uh, they're always down on everybody else they're always talking negative stuff about other people you know what I think their biggest problem is is that they don't really like themselves 
They just don't like themselves. And if you don't like yourself, you have a tendency to be critical of everybody else around you because your, your perception of yourself is, is not where it ought to be. You just don't like you, so you don't like anybody else. And then there's th- those people that they just love themselves. And, and they tell you how wonderful they are. And, and, and really, they're not that wonderful, are they? Are you out there? You're not one of those people, are you? <laughs> Always talking about how, you know, this and that. And, and, it, and it's not that wonderful. In fact, it makes you want to go... <laughs> You, just, you know, you really don't like to be around those kinds of people. But really, I'm not even talking about that kind of mirror, although I am indirectly. Because I think that how you perceive yourself determines how you act in life. And that's, what we want to, that's kind of what we want to deal with today, is that we learn to see ourselves the way that God sees us. And, and so we're going to look at some scripture. I, I got a whole list of scriptures there. And we're going to start, we're going to start in James chapter 1, verse 23. And we're going to set the groundwork uh, today for this concept of mirror. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. There's a lot of people who do that. They come to church. They hear the Word. The Word gives a reflection on what God is, what He has for us, what He wants us to be. It it, it gives a reflection of, of, of that. And He sees that and He sees the potential. He sees the love that God has for Him. He sees all of these things. But yet when He walks out the door, He doesn't put any of it into practice. He doesn't change anything on the inside of of himself in order that he can see and perceive himself in the mirror of God's Word. And he goes away and he forgets forgets what kind of man he is. And he goes right back into whatever it is that has controlled his life. You know, whatever is the biggest thing in your heart is the thing that controls your life. And there's a lot of things that control people. Lots of things that control people. Now, we're big into CR here, and, and you know, people think, well, drugs and this and that. But listen, hate will do the same thing. Unforgiveness will do the same thing. Judgmentalism will do the same thing. A religious spirit will do the same thing. It will render you to a place uh, that... That you're basically ineffective where where God's kingdom is is concerned. How you see yourself in light of what God says about us. And and we want to teach you the next few weeks to learn to to see yourself through God's eyes and not just through your own eyes. Uh, God sees everything about us. He does. Everything about us. And guess what? He still loves us. I'm so glad that we have a father like that. Don't you see that in your children? You know, children are pretty goofy, aren't they? Especially teenagers. They don't have a lick of sense. Sometimes. Sometimes one will amaze you. 
But, but you know, uh, in these days, there's so many distractions for our kids that they're, they're involved in so many things. But they don't think with a mature attitude, do they? They get caught up in this and that. And I know a lot of adults that do the same thing. But you know what? When you see your, ch- when you see your child, you see their potential. You see their potential. Wednesday night, we're doing a wonderful series on Wednesday night in our Bible study. Uh, this is for the parents of the kids that are in U-turn and teen kids and anybody else that wants to come. It's just, it's just for everybody. But we're, we're watching a video series by John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a wonderful communicator. And we're doing a thing on purpose. And uh, one of the things that he talked about that was so great Wednesday night he was talking about uh, God mining us for the gold that he has put in us. And uh, he talked about the dirt. And it's, it's easy to see the dirt, but it's hard to see the gold. You know, you can look around at people, and it's very easy to see their faults, their failures, It's very easy to look at a person's uh, physical appearance and make judgments about them because what we perceive or what we can see about them, and and it's, you know, it's not good. We see, we see, uh, there have been times that people have come into this church and it's very easy to see their dirt. Their dirt is big, big dirt, massive dirt, 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 dirt. Their, their sinful lifestyle, their, you know, their, their personality that's out of whack. It's just so easy to see that. But one of the things that John said is learn to look for the gold in people. And sometimes you have to look beyond the dirt to see the gold. And I want to give you a key to something that I think is very important. This is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but that's all right. I took it in the first service. I'll take it in this one. We need, as a church... When people come into our doors, there are people out there who are hurting. They're hurting mainly because of the dirt in their life. Most of the dirt in our life is our own choosing. Did you know that? Nobody made you take drugs. Nobody made you cheat. Nobody made you, you know, nobody made you hate. Nobody, you know, nobody did that. You, you, somehow you chose that. You might have been influenced, but listen, bottom line, you are where you are today based on what you have chosen. Now understand, Adam's, Adam's sin uh, introduced us to dirt. And, and sin has been perfected in mankind for 4,000 years. We are good at sinning. We're good at dirt. And, you know, God could have looked at mankind and think, oh, my gosh. He could have looked at Adam and said, you started something that's just going to be massive. You started something that is just basically, unless I do something, is going to destroy mankind. And he could have stepped back and let it happen. He could have condemned mankind and judged him and ended him. And started over. But you know what? He chose. He chose. The loving. Did, did we deserve it? No. We don't, we don't deserve any love. 
We don't deserve any grace. We deserve what we get. When I hear people say, you know, I'm a pretty good person, and, you know, and I don't say it, but I, sometimes I think you're not as good as you think you are. You're, you're really not. In the scheme of, of God's economy, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none that does right. There's none that seeks after God. We've all gone astray. We've all messed up. We're all full of dirt. But listen, when God, before God ever made you, before your mama and daddy ever came together, before you were ever conceived, in God's heart, He knew you. Before you ever existed. See, we didn't pre-exist. But before you ever existed, God knew you. He loved you. He put gold in you. He put purpose in you. And then we covered it up with dirt. If we as a church can ever learn, not only in our church life, but in our daily life, to look past the dirt in people and mine for the gold, we can have such an impact on this community. Our church could explode in growth. You go into some churches and they're all about condemning. Is dirt bad? Yes. Sin is bad. Why is sin bad? Because sin will kill. Sin will control. Sin will keep you from becoming God, what God designed you to be. God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. And he is willing. He is willing to work through your dirt to get to your gold. And if we as a church can be willing, if we can be willing to work through people's dirt to find the gold, we can be the kind of church that looks like Jesus. Now, I'm preaching better than your amen. And that's, I deserve a better amen than that. I'm going to go home if you don't straighten up. <laughs> okay. So we're mining for gold. We're not looking for dirt. We can see dirt. We know the dirt's there. Dirt's got to be dealt with. But we're mining for gold. See, God calls you when you're in your dirt. And God loves you in your dirt. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We all qualify, don't we? We all qualify. I'm not more holy than you. I didn't start out better than you. We're all in the same boat. Sinners in need of a Savior. A sinner full of dirt but God put gold in us and we covered it with dirt but he loves us like we are but he loves us too much for us to stay there when we come to Christ he changes our heart he forgives us and then he goes to work Mining for the gold. 
dealing with the dirt. When you find the goal, the dirt goes away. So we're in the process, because we've all still got dirt, don't we? Some dirt looks worse than other dirt, but it's all dirt. And if we tolerate dirt in our lives, it will eventually control our lives. We don't need to make excuse for our dirt. We need to acknowledge our dirt. We need to open our hearts and let God deal with our dirt because God's after the gold. And listen, today I'm after the gold because there's gold in them thar people. There's gold there. There's gold inside of you that God wants to get to. But guess what? You've got to let him. You've got to let him. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's look at another mirror scripture. Verse 11 and 12. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. See, I told you kids, they struggle. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly. We don't see all that God's doing. We get an idea by looking in the mirror but we're only seeing it dim. We don't see it in the full light. We don't understand everything that happens. We don't even understand why God lets some things happen. God doesn't do bad things, but, but He allows it, and, and it's, not, it's not that He's designing it to do that. It's just part of the fallen world that we live in. Bad things happen. You know, good people get sick, uh, good people die, good people, you know, kids don't live out their lives. And, you know, and, and people say, there, there can't be a God because a good God wouldn't do that. That's right, a good God didn't do that. We live in a fallen world. We live in a dirty world, a world full of dirt. And dirty things happen in that world. But we only see, we only see dimly through, through this mirror. For now we see through a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. You're going to know a whole lot more there than you do here. There's things that you're going to understand there because you're going to see it's going to be the mirror, but there's going to be more light there. Some people say, well, am I going to know my loved ones yet? You'll know as you are known. You will know your loved ones there. You're not going to be married there. Okay? That's a side thought, but we'll just skip over that. There's an interesting thing in the Old Testament called the tabernacle. I love to teach on the tabernacle. It's, it's a fabulous study. It's full of types and shadows and pictures of Jesus Christ. It's a picture of his work. And uh, when, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, one of the things that happened was that they asked the Egyptians for their goods and the Egyptians gave them their gold, their silver, their stuff, their clothes. They absolutely plundered the Egyptians and they come out with great wealth. And one of the things that they came out with that God asked for was mirrors, brass mirrors of the Egyptian women. And when God called Moses up on the mountain, he gave him two things. He gave him the Ten Commandments, 
And then he gave him the instructions on how to build the tabernacle. And the reason that he wanted the tabernacle to be built was so that he could dwell among his people. God has always wanted to live among his people. He couldn't because of man's sinfulness. He couldn't live, them, live among them because of their dirt. And when, when God comes in contact with sin, he has to judge it. So therefore, he set up the, the system that we know of that began in Genesis of the sacrificial system that would, that would divert judgment until the time that Messiah could come and become the sin bearer for the world and pay the price for our sin, and he could, he could dwell in our hearts. He couldn't dwell in their hearts. But he had a desire to, to live among them. So he set up the tabernacle. The tabernacle had three parts. The outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. God lived in the holy of holies. The Shekinah presence of God was in the holy of holies. They couldn't approach him, but there was a priest that one time a year on the Day of Atonement could come into the very holy of holies and, and put the blood of the sacrifice on, on the altar that would push their sins forward for another year. See, it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. It took the blood of Christ to do that. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's greater than the blood of the bulls and the goats. So, there was a ritual that they had to go through in order to go in. In the outer court, there was the, the brass altar. This is where the, the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice was made. They would take that, they would gather the blood, and then they would go into the Holy of Holies. But before they could do that, there was this second piece of furniture made of brass. that was made out of these brass mirrors, and it was called the laver. It was basically a big bowl that was filled with water. And what the priest would do is he would wash before he could go in. If he didn't do this, he died. This is how serious sin is. That if the priest did not approach with the blood and without the cleansing of the water, he died. He had to wash his hands and his feet. Well, hands represent our service to God. Feet represent our walk with God. Now the price was paid at the altar where the blood was shed. But before man could approach God, guess what? His walk needed to be right and his, his motive or his service needed to be right. Before he could go in and present the blood on, on the sacrifice, it would roll the sin away. So this was made out of the mirrors... That came, from, uh, that came from the Egyptian women. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing here a cleansing that, that had to do with mirrors. Mirrors. Let's, let's read some more scripture. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. This is, this is a reflection back to that laver. Because in that laver was water. And that says that the water is the word. The mirrors, 
with the water. So what, what is the mirror that we look into to change our lives? It is the Word of God. The Word of God. God has given His Word to us as a mirror so that we can look at our reflection. Now what does the mirror show us? Number one, it shows us our dirt. We can see just how sinful we are. We can see by looking in that mirror that we, ha- that we can't save ourselves and that we need a Savior. Okay? Where did that Savior come? If you go back in the tabernacle, back to the brazen altar, which represents the cross of Christ, that's where the blood was shed. I have to associate with that First of all, it's the gospel, it's the gospel which is the mirror that shows us our sinfulness, that shows us our Savior, that shows us the path that we need to get to Him and that we can be saved. I said, God loves us in our sinfulness, but He loves us too much to leave us there. Even after we're saved, guess what? There's still dirt in our lives. What does the dirt do? It keeps us from discovering the gold that God has put in us. Are you out there? Are you getting this? Okay. So what what does Jesus want to do to the church? He wants to sanctify, to set apart, and to cleanse her. This didn't say with with the blood... The sins have been paid for by the blood. What he is wanting to do is to clean up our lives so that we can become more like him. And when we become more like him, guess what? We become more productive for him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says this, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's that mirror again. It says that that we are looking in a mirror and we are beholding the glory of the Lord. Where do we see God's glory? Some people say, well, you can see it in the sky. I understand that. The heavens declare the glory of God. But there's something better than that to show us God's glory. And that's His Word. When we look in the Word, we see what He's like. We see what He loves. We see what He hates. We see how he is. We see his marvelous ways. We see his love. We see his grace. We see his judgment. We see all of and we see his glory. And as we behold in that mirror the glory of the Lord, guess what? We're changed from glory to glory. You don't see it all, you just see part of it. You only see the part that you can handle right now. This is part of the graciousness of God is that He doesn't require of you to be perfect right now. Not in this life. You're not not ever going to be perfect in this life. This has to do with grace. See, what's He doing? He's dealing with the dirt. 
He's, he's removing the dirt to get to the gold. He's removing the dirt to get to the gold. And from glory to glory, as, as we look at His marvelous grace, as we look at His love, as we look at His nature, guess what? It begins to challenge our lives. See, because I see my dirt and I see His glory. I see my attitude and I see His attitude. I see my hatefulness and I see His love. I see my critical spirit and I see His marvelous grace. And I have to do something. I have to allow something. I have to open myself and say, God, I don't like that about me. And He says, I don't like that about you either. Let's do something about it. And see, he begins to change. He begins to change our hearts from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. And what happens? What happens? We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. As you look into that mirror and you see you and you see him, and you begin to deal with that, and you begin to let His work of grace go on in your life, you see yourself change, 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 change. And what are you, what are you being transformed into? His image. What does the Bible... We use the term Christian. What does Christian mean? It means Christ-like. It means little Christ. When people look at you, what do they see? Can they see the gold or do they see the dirt? I mean, I think we need to be honest about that. Do they see selfishness? Do they see sinfulness? Do they see a critical spirit? Do they see... Or do they see Christ? Now, we're not, we're not doing this perfect. But guess what? We, we need progress, not perfection. Perfection will come, we hope. <laughs> Maybe in the by and by. We're not, we're not there. We're not going to get there. And I'm so glad that he is a patient God. The thing that will get us in trouble is our, is our stubbornness. Or hard-heartedness. But we're going from glory to glory to glory to glory. Being transformed. Our hearts are being transformed to be more like Him, more like Him, more like Him, more like Him. And when somebody speaks out against you, what did He do? Did He get on Facebook and rant and rave? I don't think so. Why do you? Why do we get and you know spill our guts out there and hurt people and, and do, that's not Christ-like. That's not looking in the mirror. See, I'm not talking about works that'll save you. I'm talking about allowing change that will change you and make you more like Him. And will make the church, the body of Christ, more attractive to the world. 
One more verse. Next week, we're going to talk about our part. Right now, we're just talking about what he's done. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 29. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, what's he talking about? Hearing what I say. In other words, there wasn't, there wasn't a New Testament when he said this. This became the New Testament. So what he's saying is, you hear my words, my word, and does them. You got to hear it. Remember the, remember the first verse that we looked at? For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes his way, and forgets what kind of man he was. Guess what? He'll not be changed. There's people all the time that go to church. Going to church won't help you. I can't believe I said that. Let me, let me restate it. Going to church alone will not help you unless you do something with what you hear. When you do something with what you hear, then guess what? You're building a solid foundation. Now, you've got to go to the right kind of church, okay? I, this is not a church of opinions. If I say I have an opinion, I state it as an opinion. If it's the Word, I say this is what the Word says. We value the Word of God here. It's not optional. It's not take it or leave it. It's not taking part and leaving part. The Bible is the inspired Word of God. It's profitable for, for instruction, for correction, for rebuke, for righteousness, for doctrine. It's, it's profitable for all of those things. The Bible is the thing, is the way that we know God. Well, I don't like the Bible. You're in the wrong church. Go to, go to the one down the street that just says, well, whatever you believe is okay. We're all going to heaven anyway. No, we're not. Sorry. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. I wonder what that rock is. And the rain descended. Notice, it didn't, it didn't say that we're going to float through life on flowery beds of ease. It says, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. What is the rock? The rock's Jesus. The, the rock is Jesus, who is the Word of God. Okay? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, and that glory is what changes us from one glory to the next glory to the next glory, and we find that in His book. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, you go to church every Sunday, you hear it, but you don't do it, will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. We see people who have great falls in their life because their house is built on sand, not on rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. It's His Word. The mirror is the Word of God that we look into. 
And as we are open to that, guess what it does? It changes. You don't need to hear what I say today. One thing that I ask the Holy Spirit, I, I, I say this quite often, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up today, I'm in trouble. I put a lot of word in my heart. I know I'm not a Bible scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but I have over 40-something years of pastoring. I have put a lot in me. But I'll tell you something. If the Holy Spirit don't show up and speak, I'm in trouble. I've said a lot of words today, and maybe there was only one thing that was said today that penetrated your heart. And my question to you is, what was that one thing that spoke to your heart? Because that was not me speaking to you, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's why it's not important what I say. It's important what he said to your heart. So here's the question. What will you do with what he said? He who hears these sayings of mine and does them is like the wise man who builds his house upon the rock. Who he who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like the foolish man that built his house upon the sand. Y'all have all heard the same word. The Holy Spirit has spoken different things to different people here today. I don't know what they are, don't need to know what they are. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But what will you do? I want my prayer team to come. Praise team is already here. We're going to stand in worship. I don't know what you need today. I don't know what has been said to you today. I just know that you have a responsibility to respond to that, either to accept it or reject that. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, listen, that's where it begins. That's the beginning. That's the rock. You can do all the right things, but if you build your house without the rock, you're still on the sand. You've got to have the rock of Jesus Christ to build on. They'll be glad to pray with you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You'll do that, and guess what? We'll baptize you in water. We'll, we'll, we'll teach you. We'll, we'll, we'll invite you into our family, and you can be a part of the body of Christ. God will do great things in your life. You may have other needs. Feel free to come. And we're going to worship God now.